have the business you want, or is it driving you crazy? A recent survey said 70% of business owners are dissatisfied with some aspect of their business. That's why we created Driving Biz, the number one source of business information. We have the leading experts from around the world as guests each week. So enjoy and love your business. Ladies and gentlemen, today we have a very special guest. His name is Matthew Lestalia, who is a master resilience trainer, also known as MRT, and a protective services analyst who served in the Army Secret Service Organization, equivalent to becoming the first in, in, enlisted intelligence analyst to ever deploy overseas to protect the Secretary of Defense. In 2022, Matt combined his 11 years of military leadership experience with over 22,000 hours studying, training, and lecturing on resilience-based leadership strategies into the private sector. Now, Matthew hosts Real Resilience, the only digital media show providing practical resilience-based strategies born from the application of intelligence analysis directed toward the study of humanistic psychology and real-world leadership experience from a person who has walked the talk. Welcome, Matthew. When you when you give that that intro, it, I'm I'm curious to hear what this person's going to talk about, and then I have to think. Oh, oh yeah, that's that's this guy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you know, you got to put some spice in that, <laughs> and if you don't put spice in. The audience turns off, so I always like to put spice. You know, people don't buy the steak; they buy the sizzle. Sizzle. That's exactly right. <laughs> well, so let's well go done. on that was to well the seasoned. sizzle. Let's go on to the sizzle, Matt. How did you ever become into the position that you got to in the military? Oh, have I asked myself that all the time? <laughs> I was, I would be going on these missions. I remember flying overseas. I remember going to Indonesia and being in the mountains of the, it was actually a volcanic mountain uh, with the special agents there. And I remember looking around and thinking, I have absolutely no, no business being here. You know, it's that, imp that constant imposter syndrome going on. And, uh, but really what it was, um, was I put, sort of blinders on when it came to other people's performance that if I were to go back and look at the singular mental aspect or sense of internal fortitude that I had, it was, I got along with people really well. And when it came to doing my work, I didn't look to my left and right. I just looked down and really focused on getting good, becoming excellent in what it is that I did. And there were no shortage of struggles along the way and making people very upset with the learning curve. <laughs> but it's, uh, again, you know, you just don't compare my performance with other people and, you know, always show up, always ready to work. 
And I was just, I was blessed with opportunities with great leadership and they had faith in me. And I, you know, I, I, again, I showed up. Well, that's really important. You've probably heard of a famous person by the name of David Goggins, who wrote one book called Can't Hurt Me. And he's just put out his second book right now. Now, David claims he got to where he was because of some of the resilience training he had as a young person. You see, he had to, he and his mother had to leave a very bad domestic situation. And they ended up at the doorstep of his grandparents and his uncle. And his uncle was an ex-army person who wouldn't put up with any bullshit. So he'd get him out of bed every day at six o'clock to mow the lawn and do all these other tasks. And he was forced literally into doing these things. And at the time, of course, he rebelled and hated it, but he ended up doing it. But because of that resilience training he had early in life, he was able to surmount so many obstacles. It really was amazing. Did you have some resilience training because of personal experience? Yeah, so I mean, we all do to a certain extent, right? We're all going to deal with adversity in our own way. And but we do as humans, it seems that we tend to have a strengthening um, response to it. So for me, growing up, I, I I lived a very privileged childhood. It's it's interesting that you ask this question because I always think back, and perhaps it's with overly rose tinted glasses that I look back and think that I was incredibly blessed in my childhood, and 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 I was. I had two loving parents. Um, they did get divorced. They did. I I can't even recall. I was so young. Can't remember for how long, but I know that we traveled an hour and a half to go see my dad and all of that. And so it was, that was an interesting time. And to see my mother go through that and to deal with us rapscallions, all four of us kids that she had. And so that was, that was interesting. Um, And then I also remember being somewhat of the cause of our childhood house burning down. (laughs) And so we, uh, we got, you know, dislocated from our home for four months while we had to move to a hotel um, between like the month, my birthday in August and Christmas was the time that we spent there. And so there were there were events like this um, that were kind of significant and large that I can point to that created opportunities to develop and grow a certain strength or resolve and self-reliance. Um, and then and then there's little things, you know, there's like, okay, well, I was, while I was staying in the hotel, while my family was in the hotel, we, I was playing peewee football. And I remember that there was a, uh, uh, the coach's son was, she was playing the same position that I was. We were running back tailbacks and the coach tried to convince me that he's like, oh no, you'd be a great quarterback. You know, you just really need to get out of my son's position. And so there's these little things that um, sometimes as a kid can have more of an impact on you because it's like your own individual personal journey. And so figuring out how to respond to adults who are standing in your way, that that was probably that was probably pretty formative for me because I that's the first time I can remember standing up 
to an adult like outside of my parents and saying that was in a position of authority and saying like this is not right i understand what's happening here and i don't i don't accept and you know it's tough to stand up and say no that is one of the hardest muscles in your body ever to use it really is yeah uh saying that is something that i actually have to i have to teach and i had to teach myself how to say how to how to say no and still it's have, i have a problem with with that word i just, i was just working with a client the other day that came in at an unannounced time to receive some services and i was supposed to be on a call with somebody else and so I had to, I ended up getting hold of the person that I was supposed to be on the call with and talk to them about their business and ask them if they would be willing to talk later. And so there's still like, I have this element still with inside of me that, that I like to people, please, you know, I like to make people happy. I like to, it's the reason that I've had a lot of success. And it's also one thing that holds me back that I still acknowledge because People want to come up and they want to show up. They want to come to shows like this as a completed product. As like, look at me, look at all of these things I've done. Listen to that brilliant introduction that you gave to me. And I am a finished, complete product. And that's never true. You know, we're always developing and we're always growing. And the minute that we think that we're done is the minute you should probably take a step back from the limelight and do some self-reflection. Yeah, life is an amazing process. And you are constantly evolving. You're constantly moving forward. You know, I come across as a very polished person, and I am polished. I am a consummate professional in everything I do and everything I say. But that comes with work. You don't get there without work, and you got to work at it every minute of every day to make it happen. It's so true. It's so, you're a hundred percent correct. It's, it's something that I think young entrepreneurs or new entrepreneurs have a hard time with because they see themselves as growing into the role as, as starting the business and not being the professional that's there at the end. And I always just, I, whenever I'm working with anybody, I'm, I'm, I want them to think about the people that they're doing business with, the people that they're customers for, and what do they expect? What kind of professionalism do they expect? What kind of uh, output are they expecting? What kind of product? Because that's the level that you should be providing. Even if you're just starting, even if you're completely by yourself, you know, even if you're not in business and you're not looking at it from that perspective, even if you're just a member of your family, how can you be a professional dad? You know, what is that polished dad version of you and what would you expect? What did you always want of your parents and how can you be that person? Yeah, that's very important. And how does your military training play into your work now? Significantly. So that is actually where the, the specific resilience, the humanistic psychology and the positive psychology that was all brought to me through the army. Um, they have incorporated a program from UPenn that is the master resilience training program. And that is where I went through the hours upon hours, weeks of training in order to become a, a facilitator of resilience for the organizations that I work with and tour around and do seminars and do workshops for the army um, was all 
that's where it all started. It all started from, from the military when I was in Fort Belvoir, close to DC. And that's where I fell in love with the idea of resilience and like, Oh my gosh, like we're actually teaching this. We're teaching this, the soft skills stuff behind the scenes. And it's actually making a tangible difference. Cause what I did first is I, I brought it into my own life and I saw, how does this work? Okay. Now I can get in front of the, the, what we call the knuckle draggers, the guys that have absolutely no interest in soft skill stuff. And I could ha- start having the communications with them about these more soft areas, these soft quote unquote components of leadership and of self development and personal resilience. And so that was, that was a fun challenge, but it's one of those things that it went, it was a challenge I was excited to go meet because it resonated so deeply within me from, from jump street. And I had, I had a realization partway through that, you know, it's, it was great and it was a great introduction, but it required more research and it required more work on my end, just because as with the army, as with any large organization, any large bureaucracy, you have to create templates. And so every piece of resilience training that happens in the army all happens the same exact way, no matter where you're at, based off the same slides, like everyone's working up the same exact data. And there's not really room for going out and finding more research and bringing that in and incorporating it. And so that's where I was motivated to continue the work that I started in the army into the private sector. Now, what are maybe if let's concentrate on three things that you were taught that you bring into the private sector right now? Sure. So the probably the single most important, we'll go with the, the, the single most impactful and simple element that was brought in from, from the training that I got when I was in the army. And so that was of gratitude. And it would, it's, it's this idea that it takes only five to seven minutes a day for you to sit down and reflect upon some things that you're extremely grateful for. And, you know, you get really into the details and into the specifics. Like, so for me, if I'm having a hard time and I'm not very grateful or I'm not very happy and I'm feeling negative emotions kind of impact the way that I'm communicating with other people, then I could sit down and and think about, okay, well, how did I wake up this morning? You know, okay, I woke up. What was the very first thing that I did? The first thing I did was I had to take the blanket off of me. And I could start there. Okay, I had a blanket. I woke up with a blanket. And if I looked at the tag on that blanket, it would probably say that it's like made in Thailand. And so there's somebody across the world who's working, who put this blanket together, and somehow we have the technology for that person to work for a company that communicates with somebody that works with a shipping company that has airplanes and boats, all of which I could never make. You could stick me on a deserted island for the next thousand years and I would never make a steam engine. I would never make a locomotive. You know, I would never be able to do these things. And so all of these incredible developments that have happened over centuries all led to me having a blanket. And so that shift 
in my mental state is huge because I bring that with me to work. I bring, so when I engage with people at work, I'm coming at it from a perspective of gratitude and I'm coming at it with this positivity that I can look to almost like infect other people with. And you wouldn't think like, Oh, in the army, that's what we're going to focus on in the army. And I'll tell you what, I like, we said in the pre-show, all, any problem that you deal with in an organization, regardless of what the purpose of the organization is, almost every single problem is just people problems. It's just miscommunications. It's just people clashing. And if you were able to communicate better, if you were able to establish better relationships, then you're you're going to be able to overcome essentially any problem that comes up. And so for me, that is an amazing baseline to start from is a place of gratitude. Because you can do it within your own life, and then you can do it for the people that you work with. Let me stop you there for a minute, Matt, and I want to go over that a bit. You know, it does sound peculiar that in the army, you'd be concentrating on gratitude. But, you know, Yale University has done a study where if you concentrate on gratitude, you rewire your brain. And that rewiring does some amazing things. It helps you see things better. It helps you see problems better. It helps you increase the visual cortex to see things more. So I can understand how in the Army situation, gratitude training is so important. And I'm also equally amazed how how. The military saw that and jumped on that because you know how a structure in the military often doesn't change, even though things are right in their eyes, staring him in their eyes. And and they say, no, I'm from West Point. I never did that. My papa never did that. My grandpapa never did that. We're not doing that. It's so true. It is, it is hard to break through some traditions. It's hard to break through some molds and models that people have and preconceptions that people have of how things are supposed to work. But every once in a while, you get somebody who just wants it to work better and they just understand how things have worked better. And usually, if you trace it back, it always goes back to some form of inspirational leader. So somebody stood up against the grain and said, we're doing this. And then the people around them saw how effective this was as young entry level officers, as young soldiers. And then they care and then they preach it within their sections. And so it spreads organically through direct observation of how these things worked. Hey, Matthew, we are Getting close to the end of our time together, and I want to cover a couple of things. One is a personal question, and that is, how do you live a fantastic life? That's a, what a great question. <laughs> so I, I live a fantastic life by kind of following four principles that I've distilled over time. And that is each day I try to seek out something that I love, try to identify and participate, engage with something that I love. I try to learn something. I acknowledge the importance of, of struggle in order to, to 
gain a sense of accomplishment. And so I look to push myself into an area where I'm not comfortable, where I'm struggling and have to overcome. And that usually leads to a sense of accomplishment. So every day I try to learn about something that I love, get a little bit of a struggle in so I can get a sense of accomplishment. Those four things, that is how I lead a fantastic life. Well, and another one you mentioned is that sense of gratitude. And I suspect that it doesn't end with just thinking of gratitude, but it actually extends to acts of gratitude as well. Absolutely. It's so funny that you brought that up specifically like that. I'm actually for the Small Business Development Center. They have an SBDC day that's coming up next week. And they asked me to give uh, a talk that's gratitude as an action. It's that I've created this talk probably three, four years ago. And it's all about that. It's all about transitioning, making, taking gratitude from an adverb, an adjective, to a noun, to a verb, to making it an action. Excellent. Now, the second part of this question is 180 degrees part of this question. This show is called Driving Biz, and we have hundreds of thousands of listeners. Can you tell those businesses how they can have fantastic businesses in a couple of sentences? Sure. I think the number one way that you can have a fantastic business is to identify the fantastic people that you want to be a part of your mission, to be a part of fulfilling your vision in the world. And so the way that you do that is starting at the hiring process, but it doesn't end there. You got to learn to connect. You got to train your mid-tier managers and you have to understand how to connect with your people interpersonally within the workplace. So they're no longer just pawns and cogs in the machine that they are, they are a part of that workplace relationship doing that will lead to a fantastic organizational life. Now I've always found there are three ways to put jet fuel to a business and that's other people's time, other people's money and other people's resources. How do you think about that? Oh, that's that's perfect. That is exactly how it's done, you know. And it's when you think about your life, and you think, and when I think about money, I think about I don't like to think about cars and houses and things like that. I like to think about time. And so, when you're bringing, when you're using money, you can you can leverage other people's time, and so that way you get more of your time available to you. Because to me, at the end of the day, the most valuable thing in the world for you as a business owner, for you as a dad, for you as an individual is having the most control, the most autonomy over your life. And that all comes back to time. And so those three things all tap directly into getting you your time. That's the way that I see it. People always ask me, how do you manage time? And I say, I don't manage time. They say, how do you get so successful? As I said, I manage opportunities. I put priorities in order and I make sure my priorities are managed, not my time. And the two together work amazingly that way. That's beautiful. That is a, that is such a great way to look at it. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm going to take that down. I'm, I'm carrying that with me. <laughs> Please do, because I learn a lot from my guests on the show and I also teach my guests. So that way, it's a better community 
and people take it all home. So Matthew, how can people get in touch with you and find out more about what you have to offer? Absolutely. Um, so if you look, uh, if you follow the last name, there are not many Lestalias that are out there. Can you there's, spell that for everybody? Because they're going to have problems. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a funky G in the middle that we don't talk about. So first name, Matthew, two T's. Last name is Lestalia. L-O-S-T-A-G-L-I-A. And you can go to MatthewLestalia.com. You can check me out where I am most active and where you're actually going to be able to engage with me is on LinkedIn. That is the number one place. And then if you want to see the show, Real Dash Resilience, search that on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes. It's, it's all over the place. Or just search my name and you'll find it there the same way. Matthew, thank you so much for being here today. This has been a lot of fun. And, you know, we've only scratched the surface on what you have to offer. So we're going to have to get you back again. I, I would twist your rubber arm sort of thing. It would be an honor. I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate this. And it's it's always fun to talk with you. So this was no exception. Thank well, you. we'll circle back and do that. And ladies and gentlemen, be sure you go to my website, drallenlika.com. That's D-R-A-L-L-E-N, Lyka, L-Y-C-K-A.com. And sign up for a golden pearl. Each and every week, it'll be delivered to your mailbox, and it will change your life if you let it. So this week was Winston Churchill saying, you make your life by what you, by what you get. You know, that's where you make your money. But you actually make your life by what you give. Remember that. That's that gratitude we are talking about. We hope you enjoyed Driving Biz, where you get the advice of the leading experts of the world. If you want more, you need to join the number one community for business owners, NoBull.Biz. And for a limited time, you can join at a discounted rate. To learn more, go to NoBull.Biz.